Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. My name's John, and yeah, you heard that drop right. Introducing Danielle Caroli as the new host. Welcome, Danielle. Hello, and hello, everyone. I'm really excited to be here and excited to do what we all love, and that is talk about goats. Well, (laughs) exactly. And speaking of goats, all week we've been dropping hints for all of our uh, listeners that are on our Facebook page. And uh, I got quite a few messages online. I'm sure you did. And I know Nate did uh, inquiring on who the new co-host would be. So I'm sure everybody is excited to see that it's you. Yes. And I hope there's a few people that have made out well. I know there was a few wagers going on. Um, A few people reached out to try and get the inside scoop. And I don't know if uh, I was that convincing when I responded, but hopefully some people are sitting on a few dollars um, now because there (laughs) sounded like there was a lot of betting going on taking place onto who um, the new co-host would be. And it's me and I'm excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to the folks that messaged me and asked if it was Kevin Bacon since apparently he has goats. (laughs) Did people really ask you? Yeah. Oh Two my people. God. <laughs> They're like, Kevin Bacon has goats. So I was like, well, I mean, I've reached out to his manager to see if he'll be on the show, but I have, <laughs> haven't heard back. <laughs> I was going to say, we should get him and Kira on. <laughs> oh my God. Book him as a guest. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> so uh, regardless, I am super excited that you're here. Um, and I appreciate you uh, joining us on this awesome path of speaking about dairy goats once a week. I'm happy to be here. And I was, you know, as we were doing this and I was filling in as the guest host every once in a while, always had fun. And I'm excited to kind of bring my own little twist to this and my perspective as well. Yeah, I guess now I'm definitely going to have to like make you like a nameplate or something or uh Maybe like a coffee mug, so that way make it like really feel official. Coffee mug probably would be good. I am rocking my ringside sweatshirt now, and I have my, not that it's a ringside, but I have my little glittery notebook, and I have a mic, and we're going to have to get that bedazzled, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, uh, Nikki Rivard could help you with bedazzling that. She just did that with her uh, number holder for Nationals. I saw that, and that's kind of where I got my inspiration from, and I might have to send this over there and see what she can do. <laughs> well, again, I this is just awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we do have a bunch of ad good news to get into this week, um, so we'll, we'll kick it off with uh, kind of the loudest part of the news, I guess. Uh, Guernsey breeders have been increasingly upset that Guernseys are still not able to be registered. I've seen quite a few posts, especially on the District 3 page uh, and the Guernsey pages. Um, Although I totally understand their frustrations and I'm frustrated right along with them because I also own Guernseys. Um, You know, they've waited longer than any breed uh, that has been dropped in before. Um, So they're looking forward to being able to register their animals and their kids that are born. Uh, And especially, I didn't even think about this, the experimentals, you know, using a Guernsey buck on say an Oberhasley or uh, vice versa, uh, you know, those aren't able to be registered anywhere yet. Um, But the executive director did do his uh, weekly office minutes and BGS and AGS registrations are in testing. uh, But, you know, they, aren't ready yet. Uh, there's still issues with them. Fixes were sent to the developer. And right now we're waiting on 
those fixes to happen so they can retest it again. Uh, any thoughts on that, Danielle? No, I'm just, I think my heart just goes out to all of the people who are sitting on registration papers. Um, I didn't even think about the experimentals, but obviously, yeah, they're a huge part of what's going to be the Guernsey program going forward. And not only that, but these people or these breeders want to have their dairy goats be dairy goats and things that come along with it that people aren't even talking about. And maybe this is the can of worms that doesn't need to be opened, but we're going to have Guernsey's freshening and they're going to want to put them on milk testing. And part Mm -hmm. of that milk testing data is having number uh, registration numbers associated with them. And so if they're trying to just register them simply with Agda, there's not going to have a registration number associated with them for their production records. uh, And they're not going to have that data accessible. Or the other thing I saw a lot of and is completely understandable is the Guernsey breeders want to exhibit their animals and the big platform we all talk about all the time is nationals. And they're concerned that as this is going forward, that's going to push it back a year or two to get it, to get the Guernseys not only um, present at nationals, but able to show there as well. Yeah. Yeah. They have to have that 500 animals registered within the breed for two years in a row to be able to meet that standard of being able to exhibit at nationals and show it nationals and right now they're just kind of sitting idle and there's a lot of people that have been working with the breed for a long time that uh, really feel like they're being pushed aside and i get that the office or not the office but the uh, developers and uh, higher ups in the office are working hard to try to get this fixed but uh, I think really what the membership's looking for right now, especially those Guernsey breeders, is just a timetable. Um, I know we all can't read into the future on what's going to happen, but uh, maybe some kind of timetable that's attainable would help. Um, I just, I feel for them. Um, I'm really glad that I didn't breed my Guernseys this year, just so I don't have to have experimental kids that aren't registrable yet uh, sitting in my barn. Um but I just, I just, I feel for them and I, I hope it gets resolved quickly. Uh, moving on, DNA requests are available on JotForm. Uh, we will share the link on the Ringside Facebook page uh, for that JotForm for DNA requests. Uh, make sure there are funds in your account to cover the DNA requests. So that's a good little side note from Lance. Uh mm-hmm. Now, for the third week in a row, and this even might be the fourth week for me saying this, but for the third week in a row, we continue to encourage members to check their account balances. Item details aren't showing correctly in the account statement receipts. Uh, Transactions are still being processed correctly, according to the executive director, and you should be able to verify by looking at your account in NG. Uh, If you are having issues with any uh, discrepancies, uh, make sure you call into the customer service uh, hotline there and um, you know address those concerns. Have you had a reason to call in yet? Have do you have or have you heard anything about how that's working out with the new customer service um, center that we now have through Agda? I'm actually going to be calling them tomorrow. I was going to call them this week, but. Um, they had like the ice storms and stuff. So everything was kind of backlogged. So I didn't want to wait on the phone for too long. Um, I've heard mixed reports of people having to wait and get, you know, hung up on and call again. And I've had, I've heard reports of people reaching in, you know, automatically it seems. Um, but this week I, I will have to call in because on my Guernsey's uh, stamp duplicate applications that they have, uh, the tattoos are actually reversed. So oh, that I has remember to, that. Yeah, so <laughs> that has to be fixed because um, I don't want to get surprised again when I go into the into the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't had to reach in, so uh, I'll I'll report back next week on how that goes. Sounds good. 
Hopefully we're hearing, we'll hear some good news on that part. I hope so. Uh, now, linear appraisal applications are due today, the release of the podcast, which is Monday. Uh, so today, as you're hearing this, uh, so get it in if you haven't. I haven't decided if I'm going to apply yet or not. Um, I'm thinking no, but we'll see. So I'm on the fence too about it, and I think I am going to apply, and you're welcome to join my stop if you want. Uh, and the reason I'm going to apply, I don't think my herd is going to be appraised. We were appraised last year, and mm-hmm. I have no problem with my herd not being appraised, but I want to make sure that going forward, the office knows what the demand is so that in planning, they can realize that, oh, this herd of however many goats I would be having appraised this year wasn't appraised. And we need to remember as we're looking for linear appraisal candidates for looking at scheduling, looking at the importance of the linear appraisal program as a whole in AGDA, I kind of want my information out there so that this way they know the demand is there. So maybe it's budgeting more, like I said, more spots for candidates to become appraisers or thinking that thinking outside of the box and maybe this is a full-time job, uh, you know, crazy stuff, but I just want to make sure it's known that I have a herd that would be interested in participating. So while I don't necessarily, yeah, so that's that's basically my idea behind it. I think I'm going to continue being an Agda Plus herd for the year just so that this way it's known that my linear appraisal application is out there and that there is the demand so that this way hopefully as they bring new appraisers on and different things like that they can figure out where the demand is and what it is so yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking of doing i think that's a good idea for sure especially you know they want to know what the demand is and if everybody that was appraised last year doesn't then they're gonna be like oh well demand was down this year so we're fine so i i can totally see that reasoning and you probably actually just swayed me into uh, signing up for it anyways. Um, so I'll, I'll be getting your information again on what your stop will be. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rounding it off here, uh, finally the new director of communications was announced. So welcome Elizabeth Shires. Uh, Elizabeth is an ADGA member from Colorado who owns a Nigerian dwarf herd. Um, hopefully we'll have clear and open communication and uh, hopefully more than once every couple weeks. Um, so yeah, so from here on out, she's going to be the one that is making those Facebook posts and emailing the membership with updates. Um, and she'll also be tasked with spearheading national show and uh, convention every year. So welcome to ADGA and, and hopefully... This is the right fit. I'm excited to see what the future looks like with that. I am too. I think having, I know having a person at least to, I mean, we've had the communications um, position before within AGDA, but having somebody who is tasked with national show and convention just probably makes it easier because you're not reinventing the wheel every year. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had some amazing volunteers year in and year out who put the national show together and the convention together, but it does switch hands. And you've had in the past um, host her or not her host herds, excuse me, host groups and um, different committees putting it on. And so having the one person there, I think it'll just probably streamline it a little bit more look forward in terms of contracts for spaces and things like that. So I'm excited to see how this transforms the, you know, the two big events for Mm -hmm. the Agda dairy goat world going forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll create a little bit more consistency as uh, you know, some years there's different chairs for each committee. uh, So there's going to be kind of a different focus each year on what needs to be done and how it's done. 
where now we'll have the consistency of one person that's really spearheading it. And yeah, there's still going to be a chair and a committee, which we need and, and appreciate. Oh, exactly. Uh, but, but we'll still have that same person that's like, well, last year we did this and I think we should still do this or whatever. So it's good. I think I think it's nice to have consistency, just like you want in your herd, you want it in the leadership as well. Exactly. So, moving on to the main topic. Uh, the topic this week is you, Danielle. Oh, boy. Uh, this is... <laughs> Yeah. How about we go with my goats? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all about you. So Oh God. Well, hello, my name is Danielle and I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that kind of meeting. Oh, 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 okay. (laughs) So Danielle, we've we've had you on the show uh many times. Uh once as an interview when the show first started. And uh, a couple times as co-host when myself or Nate weren't available for the week. Um, But, you know, we have quite a few new listeners. So can we refresh the listeners' minds on who you are and what your farm is about and uh, your role with Dairy Goats? All right. So unfortunately for a lot of people out there, I am a Nubian breeder and an experimental breeder. I do not have Nigerians. Um, <laughs> I know there was a few people I saw the post. They were hoping desperately that it was going to be somebody who would come on and talk Nigerian dwarfs. And let me tell you, we will talk Nigerian dwarfs. I admire the Nigerian dwarfs I see out there. And that's part of the pre- reason why I'm sticking with my Nubians and my experimentals, <laughs> because I see these Nigerian dwarfs. And just go, wow, where this breed is going and where it's been, you know, from where it's been the last couple of years is just so mind boggling. And I really appreciate them. And so we will talk about Nigerians and we'll have breeders on and all that stuff. But I just don't think I feel like I'm too late to the game, couldn't compete. And um, Uh, yeah, yep, that was one of the reasons why we got out of them is because we were like, well, we are far behind. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. So yes, yeah, so not a Nigerian dwarf breeder. I uh, I raise Nubians and experimentals. My experimental herd is very tiny. It's currently just a token. Um, Snubians. She's seventy five percent Sanin, twenty five percent Nubian. Um, but we have a small herd. I'm not going to tell you the number, um, <laughs> honestly, because I really don't know the number. But it is. Um, we're under 20. Um, and we have a herd that is built around the idea that we have dairy goats and I enjoy showing, but I also want them to be productive animals and produce in the milk pail as well as in the show ring. So we are an Agda plus herd, as I mentioned earlier, and we are, we participate in DHIA every year and we also linear praise when we can so um we're kind of we do milk as close to 305 as the weather will allow us um which is basically my resolve of how you know (laughs) is if my iodine's frozen am I really gonna want to be milking these doughs Uh, and so we actually just dried off earlier in uh earlier this month in january our last couple of does but we do milk not just for the show season we do have you know close to the 305 usually it gets to be about like 280 days or so when we dry off mm-hmm. and that's going to be difficult for you next year because you're having a little bit later of a kidding season than you usually do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, next year, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out. I can't imagine um, going through January and February. And plus, I'm going to want to have these does um, back into that kind of normal end of February, March kidding season. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately it's hard to believe but for some there is a life outside of goats 
And so not being able to, uh, I have a wedding I have to attend and not being able to attend a wedding where I'm in a, I'm the one of the, in the bridal party because I have goats kidding wouldn't really fly. And so things push had to come to shove or push came to shove. And I didn't feel comfortable. Not that I wouldn't have people who could care for does and milk and care for kids and all that. But I like to make sure I'm there present for every birth. And mm-hmm. I like to raise the kids. And, uh, you know, I just didn't want to put that on anybody when it's such a busy and time-consuming aspect of dairy goats. So we made it work this year. We're doing um, our kidding starts pretty much as soon as I get back from this wedding in beginning of April and we'll go to May. And then I had a hard cutoff, which this is actually the first year I did that. But I decided that there was a, I can't remember what the day was, but I decided that that was the day I bred the last goat for my 2022 kidding season. And kind of, we just have to see what happens, who's bred, um, and where we're going with that. But typically I'll kind of push it and go, okay, I can have one in June. That's fine if I need, (laughs) but I don't know. We had appraisal. Was it in July? When was our appraisal at your your stop? It was July. It was the weekend of July 4th because yes, it, it, was. It, it was the weekend of yeah. July 4th. I don't remember if it was like Friday or it was, but it was right around that weekend because I remember frantically emailing Jim when he said, oh, we have a few dates available and telling yeah. him absolutely not. We cannot do it this day because we have a huge July 4th party and uh it just wouldn't work <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i bring that up because you had a tiny little nubian kid running around all day while we were there and i was like man i was like july like well i'm sure it was a june kid june kid like ooh, like she was cute as can be but she was like the only one right so she's, yeah i was like man that's that's late and and she's beautiful i saw her this fall when i did an ai up there but uh yeah, she, I was like, I was like, oh, that's probably not going to happen this coming year with nationals right in June. No, exactly. And she is interesting because probably wouldn't necessarily have it just kind of worked out to keep her and worked out that she works for the herd this year. And, uh, and otherwise, it just probably wouldn't fit. Um, because we did start kidding right around beginning of February, but she was a spitfire from the start. And so when I said, up, oh, sorry, you got to go in with the does who are two or three months older than you, because that's all I had to be her friend. She just kind of made it work. And I mean, she's as spoiled as can be because <laughs> she's the only one getting green right now um, of my of my kids she's she gets out once a day so she knows her little drill she can run out the pen the other one just kind of stare at the gate like oh what are we doing here and she's like okay i know where to go she jumps right on the stand and eats her little grain but um yeah so it's kind of and it's also kind of an experiment i haven't had june kids in a few years and so it's interesting to kind of watch her growing and how you know that growth rate too um and see how she looks. And hopefully, you know, when I bred her dam, I was trying to make lemons out of lemon or not lemons out of lemonade. <laughs> lemonade <laughs> out of, I don't think you can do that. If you can make lemons out of lemonade, get back to me because uh, that's probably a talent that I definitely don't possess. But I was trying to make lemonade out of lemons and uh, have figured maybe this is a junior yearling that I can show at nationals. Yeah, I mean she's she's a pretty little doe, so I think she'll I think she'll do well for you. If she can lose a little bit of weight too, but well, can't we all? I know. <laughs> so, Danielle, you bring a lot to the table as a co-host. Uh, you're a licensed judge, uh, president of our local dairy goat club here, 
uh, you're a 4-H leader, um, and you're, you know, you appraise your herd and do, you know, all the Adga Plus stuff. Um, so you do this all, and you still have a competitive herd of goats. Uh, how are how are you juggling all of these different hats that you wear? Good question. Um, <laughs> what's the next one? Uh, no, I. It just kind of I enjoy goats, and so have created a hobby, small business. You know, I don't even know. You know, kind of of that, and it just kind of you start doing something, and then you realize there's a need to help somewhere else, and you do that. I started becoming a milk tester to make sure that my, in a exchange to make sure my goats were being um, milk tested, I kind of made a deal with um, my milk tester to get her back and have her tests for me. And in, in return, she wanted me to be the milk tester at our local, at the Dutchess County Fair and do the one day milk test there. And so I got my milk testing license and that transformed into, oh, a few herds saying, oh, you can milk test. We want to have you come out. And so it just kind of evolves. And, mm-hmm. you know, before you know it, you kind of have this list of, you know, almost on your resume of <laughs> all of this stuff. And it just nature of the beast, I think. I think goats especially dairy goats they're addictive and we you know some of us create podcasts some of us do all this stuff other stuff and then some of us join podcasts because why not let's talk (laughs) (laughs) well i want to circle back on that real quick okay so because you mentioned Dutchess county fair um i like with most of my friends i'm like okay this is like the the pinpoint moment where i was like oh this is when we became friends i I, as I'm sitting here talking with you, I'm like, I really don't have that with Danielle. I think, I think our becoming friends was, uh, uh, Tierney and I's first year showing at Dutchess County fair and you were hanging out with my cousin and I was like, Oh, who's this? Oh, hi. You like goats? Oh, I like goats too. Let's become friends. Okay, cool. And then it kind of just evolved there. Right? No, Um, exactly. It was. And I mean, I remember there was a few times where we were inviting you two to play cards and, you guys mm-hmm. could sing, but you know that's okay. Well, we all, you know, it got especially last year. Last last Dutchess County Fair was different for us just because uh, we had more goats than we've ever had at Dutchess County Fair. But then we also had uh, Alice, who <laughs> uh, it's a lot of energy, especially in those hot days. Um, we won't bring up those hot days, by the way, Miss. Yeah, let's skip. Let's skip right on past that one. (laughs) I won't. uh, If you don't bring that up, I won't bring up what I was going to say. So we can move on. (laughs) So I think I think the first time where I was like, "Oh, Danielle's cool," is when uh, your doe Moon, who we referenced in the heat in the um, hints for who the co-host is, uh, was just an impressive doe, and she of course, was ahead of Jem, uh, my doe, and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to rib this this girl, and then it, we just kind of kind of hit it off from there. I think that, that might be the moment, but I, I'm not sure. It definitely, <laughs> definitely helped, and it's kind of interesting, kind of on that topic, I was doing something today and talk, talking about being competitive and, um, you know, Jem versus Moon, or just making friends within the dairy goat world and just particularly the dairy goat show world. Mm -hmm. And I was doing something today and somebody was talking about using competition to, or making competition positive. And it really resonated because what they basically said was competitive competition doesn't have to be, this, I need to beat them. I need to beat them. I need to do this. I need to do that. But instead, if you're using competition to drive yourself and be better in yourself, or in this case, in your herd, it makes it, it, you know, it kind of 
elevates the whole. And so, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. It's it was kind of a neat way to bring it that you don't necessarily you definitely don't need to be enemies with your competition or go oh they're here why are they here yeah. oh they're you know this or that and um or you know any passive aggressive you know all of that because you will be better the thing about competition and viewing it in a positive light is you will be the better for that competition and i think that's so true we're blessed to be in an area of the country where there are competitive dairy goats. You go to a show and what you are seeing is amazing. And mm -hmm. you are competing against nice animals and it's not, you know, it's not somebody bringing all the animals to make, the breed and earn themselves a champion leg because they have two um, and finishing does in one show, but it's all them. You know, they brought all 10 animals and they have two IDs. You are competing against does who are just you know, top quality. And we're, oh, and it's yeah. also what's nice is we're all friendly and it, I just think it makes it a wonderful environment to be in. I agree. I I don't see any good coming out of having a volatile uh, relationship with anyone that is your competition. I mean, I've never been beaten by someone and been like, oh, my animals were better, right? I've always felt that it's necessary to congratulate people and be friendly with people um, with their successes or even their lows. Um, you know, my first, you were present with Tierney and I's first ever ring that we were a part of and we didn't go in with expectations and i think we've kept that same mindset as we've evolved into uh dairy goat breeders that kind of know what we're doing right um and i i just don't think it does any good to just uh back you know back up and and put people down because they beat you right um you know moon for instance uh yeah, Jem needed a couple legs to finish out, and uh, she wasn't going to do it against Moon because she was a beautiful doe and and just so correct. And I recognized that from the get go, and I was very close to purchasing a daughter of hers because I I liked her so much. Um, it wouldn't have set my program forward any, I don't think, because I don't breed Sonnens or Nubians. But <laughs> she, but I mean, her daughter, Dottie, we have that same relationship now. It's kind of like 2.0. I've got a gem daughter and you have a moon daughter that are, I think, the same age, maybe a year difference. And, Minerva's uh, a year younger. Is she Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, and it's kind of like that same fun uh, ribbing all over again. And, and I honestly don't think there's at any point fun happening if you go to a show and you're like oh they're here you know it's just i i wouldn't want to show anymore because it just doesn't sound fun to me no life's too short and we spend all this time doing this we spend all this time raising goats spending time in the barn doing this mm -hmm. thinking about goats talking about goats dreaming about goats and if you're doing it and you're not enjoying it or you're doing it and it's causing you to be miserable. I think you need to rethink it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the question is, did you breed Dottie to, which is your moon daughter, did you breed her this year to a Sonnen or a Nubian? So she got bred to a Sonnen. Um, this is kind of me being slightly hypocritical in what I just said. Well, maybe not what I just said, but what I said earlier. Um, she was, she's my problem child. Seems to be that my experimentals tend to be my problem children, but they are fun and I enjoy them. So that's fine. And I'll deal. But she was in heat on Black Friday. And so that required, um, and sorry. So she was in heat on Black Friday and which is the day after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And for anybody not 
retail oriented. <laughs> um, <laughs> a fun fact, I've never actually gone Black Friday shopping, but I just love, you know, watching the madness from my house. But I am, I always have a second Thanksgiving dinner with my dad's side of the family on fr- that Friday. And so she came into heat and I had big plans for her and the big plans involved a road trip down to um, Araby Farms in New Jersey to breed her. And I set out early in the morning and didn't make it home until a little bit later at night. And so I may or may not have shown up to my second Thanksgiving dinner five hours late. I don't recommend it. It wasn't um, you know, one of my finer moments. Um, and then of course <laughs> she didn't take. So I snuck her back down to Jersey and, um, ended up bringing her in a snowstorm and nobody knew where I was for a few hours because I couldn't tell my, and my brothers were home and I couldn't tell my brothers I was running down to Jersey because I didn't want them to know that not only did I miss um, this family Thanksgiving, but it was for nothing. So I kind of ran there, ran back, and made it back in time to make the 945 or something insane edition of the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. And nobody was really the wiser. I may have fallen asleep during the movie and have no idea how it ends but um i you know my brother still talked to me so i think that's a win (laughs) (laughs) well don't spoil the movie because i haven't seen it yet so probably better that you haven't seen the ending because you were sleeping (laughs) yeah i couldn't tell you (laughs) i i also like to go to movies and fall asleep so that's a passion of mine it's the best nap Especially if you go to the movie theaters that have the recliners, it's the best. Yeah, we didn't have we because we because it was I think it was opening night or something too insane for Spider Man, and we ended up like sitting in the front and so the like actual front seats and so my head was just straight up looking into the sky, and it wasn't it was just easier to go to sleep. So, (laughs) so I mentioned you're a judge. are you, because it's a national show year, are you lightly judging taking on uh, jobs or are you just going to treat it as a normal year? Um, how, how are you treating your, your judging jobs this year? It's, there is a lot going on. And so I'm trying to make sure there's balance in that when I need to be home and when I need to start focusing on prepping these doughs for nationals that Mm -hmm. I have that time. Um, But I also enjoy judging and I love being out and seeing the goats in different places and really appreciating what everybody brings to the ring. So it's basically finding the balance this year and just trying to make it work. It's going to be, I, I I don't know. If I was a judge, I'd be like, oh, I'll take a couple early spring, but come late May, I'm I'm off limits or something. I don't know. I, I, luckily, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, and I did, I did conveniently commit to not a judging event, but something else um, the week before nationals, and that'll keep me close to home. So now I won't feel guilty about, potentially saying oh i'm not gonna you know this or that so and this way i'm home and can prep and everything so it you know nationals is a big deal and there's a lot that goes into it um in terms of prep and so you do have to commit the time so that's kind of what this year will be well tierney and i are looking into prep already since you bring it up and uh is this is this like where i corner you and ask you to help on show day for Oberhasley? if you're not showing any of your breeds of course <laughs> my breeds um i i think i can probably pencil it in um 
preferably you know one that leads really well maybe every over hasley that ever existed leads really well including kids (laughs) ma'am oh yeah (laughs) listen didn't i tell you one time my goal in the future is to just like be the manager on the sidelines and just kind of put the goats in and be like now it's your turn go out do well you know are you gonna be wearing a derby hat and sunglasses and a toothpick hanging out your mouth and be like all right kid get in there exactly exactly (laughs) well it's i mean i'm sure i'm not the only one and i'm sure i'm also being like super extra when it comes to prepping for nationals already especially since we haven't had any kids hit the ground yet um but I, I don't know about you, but I'm dying to see who the judges are going to be and, and what the days the breeds are going to be on. Like, I'm just like, is it is it that time yet? Like, let's get that information. <laughs> no, I totally understand. And we just cast or I just cast my ballot as a member for the Agda judges and helped with the our progressive dairy goat clubs ballot. And we have a lot of judges that it would be really excited to exciting to have them judge you know, the show and be there and see all of the goats from all over come convene in one place again this year and just strut their stuff. So it should be a um, exciting week. And I think it's totally fair to say that you're already prepping. I mean, you probably started prepping if you think about it, even before you were breeding goats for this year and for your 2022 mm-hmm. kids. And um, a lot goes into bringing goats out to nationals and planning those breedings to say, okay, this is the kid I want to bring out. And this is kind of the timeline of how old I want this kid to be to figuring out yeah. whether or not you're going to be milking three times a day and whether that's going to give you a competitive advantage with your animal or, are you getting rid of kids really quickly so that this way you're not, there's not the pressure at home to have, you know, have 30 kids and have to bottle feed all of them. And instead you can focus on training the, your keeper kids to walk well in the ring. There's, you know, figuring out where you're going to stay for the week. And there's so much that goes into it. Oh, well, we've got that. We've got the RV. We're lucky. Yeah. No. We've got the touring buses. I'm going to, I'm going to like, that's, it's going to be the ringside touring bus. We're going to get a big vinyl sticker on there. It's going to say ringside on it, American Dairy Go podcast. And tune in and subscribe. (laughs) Be sure to hit that like button. (laughs) Yeah, please. It's going to get expensive real quick. (laughs) No, it's going to be fun. We're excited. Um, Now, speaking of nationals, uh, I don't even know this. How many nationals have you attended personally? Um, so we, we attended our first nationals in 2011 when it was in Springfield Mm -hmm. and then we did Louisville, Harrisburg. We, I don't think we went to, so maybe we've just done three because I don't think we went to Madison. I think we were on the fence about going to Madison when it was there. And then I was, I visited Louisville last year for the nationals. I did not exhibit, but um, Mm -hmm. I went and watched the shows a few days last year. So I guess I've probably been to four, but we've exhibited at three, I believe. So what was your favorite moment as an exhibitor so far? I know I'm putting Uh, you on the spot because this wasn't even written down. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think my favorite big moment was I had a April kid and it was in, in Springfield in 2011 and she was on her game that day. She ended up placing first in her class and she, so she was the intermediate first place intermediate kid. But my favorite moment was, just I was walking her around the ring. The class was huge. And uh, 
before this is one of my favorite moments now as i'm talking i'm like oh this is a good one too and i like it but anyway i'm I'm for um, it (laughs) yeah but there was people and going oh my gosh she's so pretty we really like these you know random people i was younger and these people were just like oh my gosh she looks great you know keep working on her and keep doing this and um so just kind of getting that encouragement from you know on this big scale when you're I wasn't even in college yet and turn you know it was that was a really cool moment for me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think I think anybody would love that just having people encourage you as you're showing your goat and you know knowing that you had something special there that day. So that's cool. Yeah. No, that was a that was an exciting time. And then I just I mean going to the other most people would be like, "Oh, I can't can't wait to meet the cut." And you're like yeah, but and I that was I wasn't even you know, didn't even cross my mind. I was there for kind of the youth activities and because it was so close um and just to be there and experience it. And then I just really like seeing all the people that you only really see when you're at nationals going out and having dinner with friends from across the country and um yeah, it's that's just, cool. Yeah, it's you see, you know, faces to names and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I I'm looking forward to it. I mean, as I've stated on here numerous times, it's going to be our first year, and I guess that's like really what my jet set focus is. Although I've been trying to reel back a little bit and let's like, hey, let's focus on the herd that's in the barn and make sure they kid well and everything's taken care of there because you know sometimes they get hyper-focused and I kind of forget the small details. So I'm trying to reel back a little bit. So uh, are you weeks. with the baby kind of not necessarily in regards to nationals, but just in regards to your breeding program, are you in a mindset of, I don't want to say counting your chickens before you ha- they hatch, but are you in a mindset of I'm like, this is the future. This is where we're going with the herd. Or are you more of, kind of this is where the herd is i don't know if, does that make sense oh yeah no um my herd is nowhere close to where i want it to be um personally so right now it's like okay i have these bucks and these breedings that have taken place and these does are going to be kidding and then what am i going to do with those kids once they're able to be bred and and how am i going to further this area of the scorecard that my herd's lacking on by adding something else into the herd um, so I'm definitely still in like the, the planning. I don't think, I don't think I'll ever be that breeder. That's like happy with what they have. Um, it'll be a continued work in progress and trying to kind of mold the goat that, uh, my eye likes best. So it's, it's a work in progress. Uh, how about you? So I kind of, obviously it's work in progress, but it's very interesting for me this year because I can't wrap my head around new animals in the barn. It's like as I'm planning my like, oh, this will be my show string or this will be who I'm working with this year. And this is who I want to get out and bring, you know, do Mm -hmm. this. The idea of, first of all, does that are like new does in the milk string. I'm going to have two milking uh two-year-olds first fresheners and they just kind of they're I'm like oh yeah that's right I'm gonna have them to show and then I'm I it's just it's weird for me this year because I forget that they're like I can't grasp the idea I've been doing this for almost (laughs) 20 years but this year I can't grasp the idea of like there's going to be kids to show and there's going to be kids to decide on who you're keeping and who you're selling. It, it's, it's very kind of interesting, my mindset this year. And I, I'm not quite sure yeah. where it's coming from. No, I, I feel you on there. I mean, I have uh, Mary Mac who I purchased as a kid and she's freshening this year. And I like somewhere in the back of my brain, it just hasn't clicked that she's mine yet. Like, I love this doe. She's absolutely gorgeous. But if you look on my website or if you look on uh, 
the farm page. I have no pictures of this doe, even on my phone. Like I have pictures from back when she got her leg in Altamont, right? Um, which was early spring show. And I don't have like nearly enough like updated pictures. And the same could go for the kids that are going to be freshening this year too. Well, now they're, you know, going to be yearlings, but um, so I can kind of feel you on there, I guess, subconsciously, uh, I didn't realize it until you just said it. Um, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're just so focused on what's ahead that we're not really thinking about the presence, right? Like, like what's happening now? No. And that's kind of it. Yeah. And I think that's probably part of my struggle. It's like, okay, this doe, she's going to have more capacity this year. She's going to look this way Mm -hmm. and she only needs two more legs to, you know, she's going to be the next one potentially that I can finish and her half sister is going to do this. And, and then I'm like, Oh yeah. But I think the same, actually, as you talked about like Mary Mac and the idea that you brought her out in um, early in the year. And I wonder if that's my issue too, because my two yearlings, my two coming first freshening yearling or now two-year-olds, they went out early in the year and then Mm -hmm. they both got their legs. And so they stayed in the barn after May and we took them out to get pictures, but that was in the field. And, you know, they were kind of the oops, you know, we showed the one and it was April. And so she was, it was the fuzzy show. So she didn't have a picture all clipped up. And then, the May, the doe that earned her leg in May, her rest, er, yeah, her restricted leg in May, she had such a horrible clip job that I was like, absolutely oh, not. I, I am not. Yeah, I'm not getting a picture of this doe until until it goes even. And then fast forward through summer, and I'm like, oh my god, I haven't taken any pictures of the yearlings, so let's pull them out. I, it was just a random day at the barn, and we just took pictures of the yearlings and so they really weren't part of because they fin you know they got their restricted like early and mm-hmm. i had kids that could you know that i wanted to take out they really didn't make much of an appearance and so maybe it's just because they were just in the barn eating hay and yeah, weren't no, much of a thought yeah. and so now they're going to become thoughts hopefully well, that's the that's the thing exactly. I mean, Mary Mac, she was in that one ring, and that was it. And then um, she kind of sat until the Oberhasley specialty. But uh, when people message me about my animals, they're talking about the ones that I toted as my favorites of the year, and the ones that were shown in quite a few more rings too. So there was more pictures of them, um, and those are the ones they reach out. And I'm like, oh, well, I also have this dough bread, and they're like, who's that? And I'm like man, I'm doing a terrible job with, with, with yeah. getting these animals recognized. But um, no, I, I think I think my goal this year is to kind of try to remain focused on the present and making sure I'm not slipping up on anything uh, so that my animals can look the best they can for nationals. Um, I think that's going to be my major goal. And like I've said on here, uh, I really don't have any expectations. I'd love to make the cut. Uh, at nationals, I know I have some pretty does that should make the cut, but I'm not going to sit there and expect it. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. Very cool. No, it's an exciting place to be. And I think goals are important and it drives your program and it keeps you in check too. Yeah. Well, speaking about keeping me in check, uh, and excitement, uh, the future is really bright for this podcast. I, I tell you when, uh, we had a conversation about you, you coming on, um, it's really been kind of invigorating for the last, uh, 10, 14 days or so. Uh, you know, we've had lots of conversations. We've lined up some really exciting guests, um, and more in the works. Um, we've got some really fun topics lined up. Uh, I really, I don't know about you, but, I'm like really feeling invigorated about the future of the show. No, I'm really excited and almost in a self-serving way of, as we've been talking about the guests and 
who we're going to be talking with or what we're going to be talking about with our guests, I'm excited to learn from them. Um, We have things lined up that we're going to be picking the brain of some of the industry's greats. We're going to be bringing people in that are connected to dairy goats in ways that we don't necessarily think about right away and um, talking to them about their connection to the dairy goat industry. We're going to be bringing on breeders and then just also, you know, talking between ourselves too in some episodes about different things. And Mm -hmm. as we get closer to kidding season, of course, you know, we'll be talking about that. Um, And, you know, all different things throughout the coming weeks. Yeah. I'm going to start recording uh, needs feed bags with him uh, probably next week or the week after, and we'll get some of those lined up uh, so we can add those into uh, different shows uh, throughout the month. Um, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think Nate and I were at all stuck in a rut, but I feel like it's nice to have like a fresh mind come in. Who's, like oh what about this and this and and you know even talking with nate it's like oh wow how did we not think of that and so it's it's great i'm glad i'm telling you it's all (laughs) self-serving i want to know these things so these ideas that i'm like ooh, i want to know and i'm not gonna you know what's the best way let's bring them on the podcast and talk to them about it here so (laughs) exactly um and I, I don't know, just even even reaching out to these these breeders and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And, and you know, talking about different topics and like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I'd love to talk about that. Like, it's cool. So, um, no, you know, I it's, agree. It's I gonna think it's going to be interesting. The, the reception the we've gotten as we're lining up people has been great. I mean, a spoiler without being a spoiler, but we contacted one person who's going to hopefully come on and. I started talking to them about what I thought would be a cool aspect of their profession. And they came right back and said, yes, and, and we're going to talk about this too. So um, <laughs> people are happy Great. to talk goats and we're excited to be here as a podcast and be a, another form or a resource to have people um, asking questions and answering them with the feedback and then also bringing people that you want to hear from and learn from and hopefully use it to better your herd or just to enjoy and you know add another aspect of dairy goats into your life mm-hmm. i agree yeah we'll still be bringing some awesome content while everybody's doing their chores milking their does uh or driving to shows we're we're gonna be here for you so anything else you wanted to add before i wrap this up no i don't know if i have anything else um feel free if you have any questions you know reach out i am now part of the facebook page so i you know see those questions there and um happy to talk goats any at all to you know times always and feel if you see me somewhere feel free to introduce yourself i'm you know mostly yeah. an approachable person i you know have scared some people off but um i'm working on that i didn't realize <laughs> i was um you know a scary person to some so um but you know it's mostly if i haven't had my coffee so you know if you want to make you know, make it really easy. Just walk up to me with a cup of coffee and boom, we'll be friends. We can talk. So (laughs) we'll chat with coffee. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if you see me on a show and it's early in the morning, if there's a coffee cup in my hand, it's safe. If there's not, it, you know, wait until there's a coffee cup in my hand or, (laughs) you know, bouncing off the wall. But, um, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So, well, Danielle, thank you for joining me and, and can't wait to have you back on uh, regularly uh, next week. So folks, if you 
feel so inclined, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, leave a review if, if you'd like. Um, we've decided that it's probably important to hear what you guys like and what you don't like, and we're willing to work on that. Um, besides that, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. I'm John. That's Danielle. And this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.